FanDuel-Party to learn more. Wolf and Luke. Who are you? Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Friday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. I'm Luke. Wolf, what's going on? My headphones already don't work, so we're off to a good start. Boy, that is brutal right there. Good morning, Basinonians. Good morning, Luke. It's the Wolf and Luke Show. Command and Control, are you ready to broadcast? You ready? Oh, I got the thumbs up right there. Why don't you give me a little something-something right here? Because we all know what we want right now, dude. How about a little Allison Chains, right? Everyone gather around, because what we saw last night, from the Phoenix Suns just made it just made you want to lose your mind, did it not? Uh, how about this, right? So we had the three games last night. You had in order, you had the Coyotes hosting Ovechkin in the first at, at seven o'clock. You yes. had the Suns getting Cam Johnson back at eight o'clock. You had ASU UCLA at eight thirty. Now we only got one of the three wins. Yeah, right. And we can talk about what happened with ASU later on, but I, the Suns game didn't just feel like a win last night. It felt like things were changing. They look fun. <laughs> there it is. That's what I'm telling you. It's a Friday, ladies and gentlemen. It is a Friday. Gather around the transistor and press the air. This song just kind of makes you feel really, really good. Kind of like watching Camp Johnson out on the court with the Phoenix Suns do it. Is this how you watched the game last night? I'm serious. It just made you feel good. Look, it's Cam. 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 Okay. There you go. There you go right there. Um, Hold on. Speaking of Cam. Yeah. He's going to join us later in the show today. Wait, wait. Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson will call in gonna, to talk Cam about Cam Johnson. Uh, what time is that? Do you know? Or you, no, I'm going to tell you this. Don't worry about it. Don't get specific. Later than now. <laughs> Don't get specific. He is going to call doing? in. So we're going to talk about the Suns for a while, and then Cam's going to call in and talk about By the, the Suns way, for a while. By the way, Wolf, right now the consultants, they want to speak with you. You yeah. never mentioned the exact They're time. lining it up outside the window of, with clipboards. Just, hey, you know what? Just keep listening, my brothers out there. You're going to hear Cam Johnson hear from Cam at Johnson? some point in time. I'm assuming he's in a pretty good mood, too, after uh, the way he played last night. I tell you, Wolf, the way the guys around him played was the most encouraging thing. Like, I know Cam can hit a shot. He can hit a couple shots. He stepped in. He played 22 minutes. He had 19 points. That's pretty good, Cam. Yeah. But it was the way Mikel Bridges looked. It was the way DeAndre Ayton looked. It was everything. We'll get into Matt Ishbia being there uh, at the game as well. Uh, but just in general, it felt like, yeah, okay, you beat Brooklyn. That's great. But it kind of felt like uh, if there's a turning point in the season, we're going to look back to the night of January 19th as that turning point. Yeah, it was great to see him back out there. They look like a different team. There's no denying that. I think we all saw that. He came in at the 545 mark of the first quarter and hit his first three from the top of the arc, man. How sweet was that? Cam came out and scored 10 points in the first eight minutes. (laughs) Think about that, man. Was that a hello moment? That was, I'm back. 
Uh, it just felt good, and you could see his teammates certainly responded to Cam Johnson being back in the lineup. They come out. They, I just was so impressed. Mikal Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, yep. uh, Cam Johnson back in the fold, man, and it looked like it. Here's Da after the game, just his reaction to Cam Johnson being back. Oh, it was amazing. I think, I think the fans in the community know who that guy is, um, what he brings to the table. And it was just fun seeing him play, man. Uh, when I was sitting on the bench and seeing him all geared up, I was like, that's really cameo on the court. And, you know, everybody heard me. And it was like, yeah, that's him. And, you know, he's still doing the same thing, competing at the highest level, playing both ends of the floor and just being a great guy, man. That's all Cam's about. You know, look, we talked about the twins, and then we played that clip from Mikel yesterday, and he's like, well, yeah, that's my twin. He's coming back. But it really is the triplets. And those three guys just took off last night. They took off. You all right over there? I only got four hours left, buddy. This is why I love DA. I listen to him. He's genuine. You can hear it. He's genuinely excited for Cam. And the fact that Cam is back in and he's playing. Listen to the encouragement that comes from DeAndre Ayton. Do you think he's putting that on? No. no that's know. that's the thing. That's what we're talking about yesterday. That's when, why when, I love the guy. When people are referencing something he said when he got Man. drafted, you got to kind of allow that because that allows for stuff like this. DA is one of the few professional athletes that doesn't really have a filter and not in like a shock jock sort of way. Just like <laughs> he's going to tell you how he genuinely feels. Here it is again. Oh, it was amazing. I think, I think the fans in the community know who that guy is, um, what he brings to the table. And it was just fun seeing him play, man. Um, when I was sitting on the bench and seeing him all geared up, I was like, that's really cameo on the court. And, you know, everybody heard me. And it was like, yeah, that's him. And, you know, he's still doing the same thing, competing at the highest level, playing both ends of the floor and just being a great guy, man. Cam! <laughs> See, I didn't hear that the first time. You think you're going to hear Kyrie talk about his teammate like that with I, the, like, it's so fun to play basketball mentality? But can you hear it, Basinonians, in his heart? Can you hear it in his voice and what he's saying? Yes! He, he, he truly loves his teammates, I think. Loves being around them and, and loves the fact that he's a professional basketball player. He's got to realize that how you go about your business matters as well. The how matters. You got to do it. Embrace it. Engage it. Learn to love that. Love that process, man. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know if he's ever going to be able to do it on a consistent basis. Oh, he did it last that night. That is the problem. He did do it last night. So if we're going to ride the roller coaster, we may as well enjoy the uh, the fun parts of the roller coaster, too. And then when we're upside <laughs> down, wondering what's going on. Everybody put your hands up in the air, and here we go. We're going down the roller coaster right now. Thank you, DA. Here's, uh, here. I got more DA. Oh, yeah. I miss that. I miss that. I'm still surrounded by shooters, or, you know, when Cam wasn't there. But having him there, I'm surrounded by the shoe tough. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, just having Cameron, you know, have that, you know, that, that gut, you know, just that, that fire on him to where if you try to, you know, not guard him while I'm in the post, you know, he's going to let it fly. And he's going to put it on the ground and make a right play. You know what? Some of the times when D.A. says, you know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. know what he's saying. Yeah. I don't care. It's it fun. Doesn't. It doesn't. I love it. Sounds good. <laughs> Thank you, D.A. Sometimes I know what he's saying, but sometimes I don't. And can I also just say right now, he did the, the first half that DeAndre, and we're going to get into this a little bit later, of course, but the first half that D.A. played, um, I forget about the first half. Let me just say this overall. The whole game... 
for me, watching DeAndre Ayton, because that's what I do. I can't help it. You can't, because we told you in the pre-show meeting, don't talk about D.A. You're like, I I have to. But I'm in in the habit of watching D.A. I don't follow the ball. I, I just watch DeAndre Ayton. Watch how he moves. His awareness level was high throughout the game. It was super high in the first half, Not maybe not so high in the second half, but he still was moving well. He was moving his feet. He played defense. I, I, I love to see him actually go out there and look like he was aware of what was going on around him. And the effort, I thought, was fantastic from DeAndre Ayton. I'm not even talking about his production. He and he had a lot of production in the first half. Not talking about that. They're just watching. The, okay, I'm way over my skis right now because I continue to talk about them when I'm not supposed well, well, to. Because we're about going them. to in the second hour. Yeah, so we, we sat Wolf down pre-show and yeah. we're like, hey, you get like two minutes on DA in the first hour, I so know. we're going to get into it. And so he did shoot six free throws. He didn't make them all. He didn't make most of them, but he, <laughs> he shot got six to the free line throws six times. What are you doing? Who are you? Yes. And what have you done with DA? <laughs> Here's Cam Johnson uh, on the response he got from the crowd last night. Not really. Um, you know, it's, just, it's greatly appreciated, though. It just shows how much, you know, this this arena, the city, the fans care. Um, and I appreciate it so much. You know, it gave me juice. I think it gave the team a little juice. Um, but let me just say out there, I missed 37 games. Uh, so it just, man, I can't tell you how good it felt to be back out there. The way that was asked to him was, was Whoa. he expecting such a warm response? And he said, not really. But the thing with Cam, and, and we'll obviously get into this throughout the show, and we can talk to Cam about it because he's going to join us later. Damn. The thing about Cam is like he has embraced the Valley f- from day one. Oh, I remember, yeah. I remember interviewing him his, his rookie year, you know, just about you know his path to get here, and he's like, "Yeah, it was all great, and you know, I, I you know, there's that's a lot of my past and everything, but but this is my home now." Like from day one, he was like, "I'm all in on Phoenix." Yeah, and that said, resonates with fans. No man, that does. Uh, Cam Johnson, definitely. What are you becoming, my brother? Innings Festival is back. The two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, and so much more returns to Tempe Beach Park February 25th and 26th. Tickets just went on sale, and you can head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win those tickets. All right, over to football, and we come back. The Cardinals are set to interview Ajiro Evero today, so how long will this drag out? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Let's go! Presented by 72 Sold. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Welcome back to the show. It is Wolf and Luke on a Friday morning. And, you know, you know how quickly things change, Wolf, with uh, with the head coaching carousel. So let's give you a Cardinals head coaching update right now. Arizona sports. Cardinals head coaching search. Update. 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 Really, I just want voice guy to narrate everything I do in my life. Oh, you? Like, all right, let's go get dinner. And then that guy just jumps in. He's like, it's time for dinner. Take the cue. So, here's where we are right now. Seven names have been linked to the Cardinals. Ajiro Evero is supposed to interview today. All right, so I'm just going to try and kind of reset because I know this can get a little confusing because there's all these names thrown out there and there's Vegas odds and this, that. These are the names that have been, like, substantially linked to the Cardinals, okay? Yeah. You've got Vance Joseph and Frank Reich, who they have already interviewed. Check. You've got Ajiro Evero, who they're supposed to interview today. 
D'Amico Ryans, who they're supposed to interview this week, according to Tom Pelissero. I don't know when that is. Aaron Glenn, who they, I believe, are interviewing tomorrow. And then you have the other two names. Brian Flores, who, to my knowledge, does not have an interview yet. And Sean Payton, I, we don't know what's happening there. That one seems no. like it. But, but either way, those are the seven names right now, and that's the status of each of the seven. Yes, and it's very interesting because, as we all know, there's a lot of defensive coaches that are getting the opportunity to be interviewed for the Arizona Cardinals head coaching position. I do believe this is what it's going to be in the end. I know they've interviewed um, Frank Reich. I know Sean Payton is something we're all still waiting for to see if they're going to be in the hunt, so to speak, and be able to interview Sean Payton. I understand all that, but for me right now, I think the focus is on a defensive coach, and it's because of the separation that exists there between a defensive-minded head coach and, of course, his franchise quarterback. That separation, that's what they need. You need your head coach to be able to coach Kyler Murray. Not as a peer, not on a daily basis, but as the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals going forward. Right. That is a must. Let me ask you something. The, the Sean Payton stuff, because that was the name obviously linked to the Cardinals during the season. And then we get into the offseason and everybody's like, all right, if you're going to do this, you know, you got to go all in. You got to get Sean Payton. Everybody wants Sean Payton. And, and I acknowledge there may end up being another guy out there that is a better fit specifically for the Cardinals. But I do think if you... If you do your research on Sean Payton and then you decide, yeah, he's not quite our guy, not because of yeah. money reasons, set the money aside first. Yeah, he's not quite our guy or he doesn't give you the answers you, you want to hear on Kyler Murray or whatever. Then you go in a different direction. But to me, and here's my question, why not at least interview him? Mm-hmm. It doesn't cost you $20 million to yeah. interview him. Why wouldn't you interview him, hear what he has to say about Kyler Murray? Because That's a great point. I would want to hear that either way. Totally. And, and I'd, like, you, Sean I'd like to hear it firsthand, not from Colin Cowherd's show, right? So I would like to, <laughs> because you have that power. If you're Michael Bidwell, if you're Monty Austinford, you can sit down with Sean Payton and interview him. And not, not to waste his time, but sit down and maybe you go in knowing, okay, I'm probably not going to give this guy $20 million a year. But what if he blows you away and you're like, we got to figure out a way to do it? Or he doesn't, at least you then know and you have, you've got to talk to him for an hour about your offense that need help. Yeah, I'm not saying you're wrong on anything you just said. It does. It makes a lot of sense right there. And I still believe the Arizona Cardinals are going to try to interview Sean Payton. Good. I believe that. I will feel better I, once they've just interviewed him. Hire him or not. Yes. Here's the one thing that, again, I think is really working against the hiring of Sean Payton. The fact that you hired Monty Ford as your general manager. And I love the hire of Monty Ford because of where he comes from. I love it. Personally. 15 years with the New England Patriots. Are you kidding me? That's Bill Belichick. That's not that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing right there. And then three years with maybe the most physical team in the National Football League. Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans and everything they believe in. I love the combination of those two things. When I think of smart, tough, disciplined, physical, yeah, those two teams right there, I'll put them together. That's a good background with Monty Ford. I love that. But... With Sean Payton, Sean Payton wanted to be the general manager and the head coach. At least that's what everyone assumes. Well, he's not going to get that opportunity now because the Arizona Cardinals head job and general manager, that is not going to be open for one person. 
interviewing Sean Payton right now is like when it's your birthday and you can go get like a free, really nice dinner. And instead of going to get free, really nice dinner, you just go pay for that exact same dinner somewhere yes. else. Like, why not just just take the free dinner? Take the free advice or the insight from where Sean Payton. No, I mean, honestly. Well, it's got, it's where got to be somewhere nice. Well, uh, yeah, right. Because like a free good dinner. Steak. <laughs> a good steak. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. It's a free good dinner, not like free trash dinner. Yeah, Mediterranean food drives me crazy. Like, there's a lot of junk in that. I mean, and when I say junk, I'm talking about actual <laughs> like vegetables. good food for you. Yeah, stuff that's good Healthy for you. Healthy things is the Mediterranean diet. <laughs> Like the it's best a lot diet of Mediterranean for stuff, and there's a bunch of olive stuff. And yeah, I don't like olives. I'm not crazy about olives at all. all right. Don't like. We'll it. get Cajun food if it helps you in this analogy. Does no wonder you substitute the olives for the jalapeno in your jalapeno. <laughs> <laughs> one bell, just one. Well, yeah, because you can't drink more than one jalapeno. Well, you know there is that. But once again, what were we talking? That's about That's it. Here? Sean Payton is your free good dinner on your birthday, and you're like, no, nah, I'd rather go pay. You can pay the next day. Get the advice from. Sean Payton. Yeah, listen, I love the separation that a defensive-minded head coach is going to have. The more I hear of Brian Flores, this is something we were talking about yesterday, I realize that. But the more I hear, I I like. And the more I, I think of Vance Joseph, I like. Yes, I do. Because he's a really, really good coach. And because his players respect him inside that locker room. And I know that for a fact because of the players that I actually get the opportunity to speak to. Um, the separation, the fact he's already got a relationship, and we're going to talk about this later as well, but the fact he's already got a relationship with Kyler Murray, that matters. That matters. Because that might be the difference between reaching him and not reaching him. Or it could be flipped the other way. That's what's so interesting about it. Could be uh, you bring Brian Flores in, who is an outsider, just like Monty Ossenfort is an outsider. You bring him in, now all of a sudden that might be the ticket to get Kyler on track. To me, the only substantial potential knock on Brian Flores is the the reports, rumors, whatever, secondhand accounts that he didn't get the most out of Tua, which he didn't, and maybe didn't get, he just didn't know how to unlock Tua. Uh, but this is Kenny Pickett from the Not Just Football podcast with Cam Hayward. So Steelers rookie quarterback, right? Brian yeah. Flores is, is on the coaching staff there, not coaching the offense, but he's on the coaching staff there. This is what Kenny Pickett had to say about Brian Flores. Early on, I was struggling in the two-minute drill um, you know, against you guys all the time. I was always trying to hunt that big play instead of letting the big play kind of come to me as, as the drive would go. So I was, and I would talk to Coach Flores. Like Coach Flo was huge because he kind of really helped me with the two-minute drill along with Coach Soli and Coach Canada. Um, we just kind of had, I, I would talk to him after every single one. And he's like, you know, you're going to need that one chunk play. And after you get that chunk play, you should be good to just take what they give you down into the red zone. And then you got to make that big time throw to, to make, you know, to score. Uh, you know, getting that one big chunk play, that explosive, and then kind of taking what the defense gives us and then working on our red zone offense. Um, you know, that kind of mindset clicked with me. And then I, it, you know, kind of stuck with me as the season went. He's talking about, about that. Brian Flores. He's talking about Brian Flores. Coach Flo. Coach Flo. Whoa. Okay, see, this is the thing. That's a I'm rookie quarterback right, right there. This is, a, this is the thing I'm talking about. This is so difficult, Basinonians, because um, the more and more I research Brian Flores, the more and more I hear 
of Brian Flores, the more and more Zoes, Lorenzo Alexander, whom I've got the utmost respect for, sits here and says, my goodness, I've heard really good things. About, the more I hear about it, man, it's it's hard. It's, it's yeah, Brian Flores or Vance Joseph. When he got let go by the Dolphins last offseason, I remember us both sitting here, and we were not the only ones doing this, in disbelief, like, well, he should be a head coach somewhere. He just is starting out his young head coaching career. What was he sweeping the Patriots every year with the Dolphins, who were not the team that they are now? Then they didn't have Tyreek Hill. Then, all right, that unlocks your offense a little bit too. Like I like Mike McDaniel, but let's not just pretend that he came in and took over the exact same team Brian Flores right. had, and all of a sudden everything. Dylan Waddle and Tyreek Hill. That helps your offense a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. So, I don't know. With Flores, what's intriguing to me is there's really just one thing that you might be worried about, and, and that's not something that young like coaches that haven't coached in the NFL yet would have over him. And everything we're hearing this week is that that's maybe a little bit overblown anyway. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Uh, when we come back, how about this one? This response coming from the 480. Make Fred Van Vliet a son. We need someone that can create their own shots opposite Booker, Suns, Raptors, trade. That's, yeah, uh, baby! Uh, you know what? I'm on board with that one. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk Suns. Matt Ishbia was at Footprint Center last night. So how does the impending sale of the team impact the trade deadline in less in three weeks. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, I see the tweets telling me to calm down. It was one win over Brooklyn, and Brooklyn didn't have Kevin Durant. I get it, and that's true. That's 100% valid. I will point out the Suns didn't have Devin Booker or Chris Paul either, but yes, that, that's thank fine. Thank you. Yes. But they, they don't. <laughs> really? What were the record of the Suns, Coyotes, and Cardinals in, in the calendar year of 2023? It was like 1-17 in 17 at one point. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and embrace any win we get right now, but I, I will say this, Wolf. It wasn't just the win last night. I mean, they needed a win. But it was the vibe in that building at the Footprint Center. They win the game. Cam Johnson comes back. Cam Johnson looks good in limited minutes. Looks really good. DeAndre Ayton looks better. Maybe because Cam's back. Mikkel Bridges definitely looked better. And the new owner was sitting in the arena. It just kind of felt like a turning point. Stop it. What, you don't think Matt Ishby is watching games on television? It doesn't matter. It was different last night. <laughs> it was different. He was there. I know you and I were talking about this the other day. I don't know if it was on the air or off the air because it's just blurring together. But didn't we say, I'm just looking forward to that day when Matt Ishby is sitting in the arena. And I did not in any way think it was going to be last night. Yes, <laughs> I was right. thinking we were talking like two months from now. Yeah. But just that, that's the sort of thing that can maybe jumpstart things to the point where last night didn't feel like the previous month and a half. Yeah, it did. Uh, you know, again, um, I don't know. Do you try to impress your boss when you're at work based on audience? Probably should. Do you do that? <laughs> I really need to work on that. <laughs> Look, you know, the guy's walking around. I mean, how many times do you walk up and front up your boss? Slap him in the face. I mean, uh, not very often, metaphorically You have speaking, walked into course. this studio late for a segment and blamed the boss before. Well, Is that what I, you're yeah, talking about? No, I'm not yeah. talking On the about air. That. But you get my point. <laughs> uh, it, Matt Ishby, it was so good to see him. He was there. He was there last night at Footprint Center. He was there in person. I was kind of surprised they didn't introduce him. I thought it was. I thought they would introduce him. You know, I, maybe yeah. that was a maybe that was part of it with Robert Sarver. No introductions. Maybe you said that. I, I kind of like know. that they didn't. 
It was just kind of like, like I, I, I mean, they're going to have to soon, but I kind of sure. liked that it. it was like, hey, wait a minute. Who is that over there? Is that some rando? No, that's the owner. But it must owner. be close, right? It must be. It feels like the, the deal, we've heard reports, the deal is close to being solidified. I I believe that's where Sarver usually sits, isn't it? I mean, he wasn't, <laughs> Matt Ishbia wasn't sitting in the top row. I believe he was sitting in like where the owner would sit. I, I have no idea I if think, he was I sitting think there or He not. was in Sarver's seat. Yeah. Oh, See, look at that. <laughs> look at Mal saying it with certitude. That's why I looked over there when I said, anytime I say something with like a question mark at the end of it, I just look over at Aaron. <laughs> right, Mal. With the hope that she'll Russ. have the answer. Uh, here, this is Sham Sharania if you just want to pile on the good times. Sham Sharania uh, from the rally last night talking. Talking about Matt Ishbia's impending arrival as owner of the Suns. We're 20 or so days away from the NBA trade deadline, and I'm told since Matt Ishbia and, and his announcement that he's going to take over the Suns' ownership has come out, uh, the Suns have actually informed teams that they're willing to move a first-round pick and, and potentially take on salary long-term for good players and winning acquisitions. So to me, you're starting to begin to see the influence of the Matt Ishbia, Justin Ishbia, or you know, regime and organization uh, and leadership under their ownership. What? Move a first round pick and take on salary? Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> Let's do this. Can you say luxury tax? <laughs> what a luxury it is. Uh, this is um, just seeing Matt Ishbia on um, the reports, of course, because they didn't introduce him. Yeah, last night, but seeing him. I- I can't wait to see what he does with this team. I really can't. And it filled me with hope. Did it not fill you with hope? Uh, Just knowing he was there in person? It kind of looked like that, didn't it, DeAndre? <laughs> it kind of looked like. I assume they knew, right? They had to know. I mean, I, I, I don't. I guess we can ask Cam Johnson when he joins us later on in the show. Yeah, he will be doing. Boy, that. that's great. See, also Tom that's Chambers a vertical tease right there. That's what it's called in the business. Tom, vertical tease. Tom Chambers will join us later on too. So we're going to be talking a lot of Suns. Okay, today. Tom Chambers, of course, and we're not talking to Matt Ishbia, though. Correct? It's Cam Johnson that we're talking. Oh, okay. Yes. We're talking about <laughs> Cam Matt is the Ishbia. guy we wanted. Listen, he loves the game. This is what I love about Matt Ishbia. He loves the game, basically. That matters to me. He knows the game, and he loves it. He knows a locker room and how a locker room works, and he's loaded. He is also loaded, like, which will help. I like that, and that bodes well for Suns fans. I was going to say, I, I, I love the game. And I've I've played sports my whole life. I don't know that that would make me a good owner. What with not having any of the money required, we would not be going into the luxury decks. Uh, this is Matt Ishbia. This is that clip from Real Sports uh, like a month and a half ago. I was a 17th player. They kept 17 players that year. And I was the luckiest guy to be on that team. You would not have made the team if it had 16 players on it. That's right. I had to be the hardest working guy to be the worst player on that team. Do you still have a little walk on in you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's who I am. Oh no! I don't mind a walk on owning my team. That cut of all the cuts you could have played about Matt Ishbia, why would you play that cut? Honestly, because you yes, because that's the one Aaron put here for me. (laughs) Because that is the one that I love. That is the one that I love the most, right there. This guy, this guy loves the game and knows the game. And I'm trying to you. I'm trying to think of another owner that is out there that has got the kind of background Matt Ishbia does. Please, somebody help run me through out all the owners this. in my head so, right now. I, I, I mean, mean, a guy that played college football at a high level, a guy that played, uh, you know, 
college basketball at a high well, level. Think about Dwayne it. Wade's like a part owner in. Uh, is he a part owner in Utah? Or did I dream that? I think he's a part owner in Utah. Yeah, I, I guess what I'm saying is the owner. You know what yeah, I mean? No, I, I can't think of one. The owner. Not part of an ownership group. Yeah, no, the guy. The, the yeah. guy. I, I feel really blessed and fortunate that Matt Ishbia has got that kind of background. And it's jacking me up. I wonder what it could do. What can it do to this team going forward? Knowing that this guy respects the game, loves the game, and knows the game the way that he does. And he happens to be an owner. Well, and and that clip we just played from Shams, that is... Everything you're saying is what we have to go off of right now. It's the good we have to go off of. But then when Shams steps in and says, you know, I'm hearing the Suns are willing to part with a first-round pick, which... I think we all agree, do it. It's going to be, if you go for it, it's going to be the 25th pick in the draft or maybe even higher anyway. Who really cares if you're going all in on winning? Whether you think that is the right move or not, I think it is. I've been saying that for six months. You've got to go for it now because your championship window is still a little bit open. Yeah. Um, but whether you think it's the right move or not, just the fact that your owner thinks that way, where he's like, no, I want to win. If it's yeah. going to cost me more money, that's right. fine. I'll go into the luxury tax. Yeah. If that's true... That's all you need to hear. Fred Van Vliet. Is that what you're saying? Boy, Fred Van Vliet, would, he would fit Let's go. so well. <laughs> like a glove. Nicely, nice succession plan right after Chris Paul. Backcourt of Fred Van Vliet and Devin Booker. Beautiful. Yeah. Sold. That's, I'm in. All right, when we come back, which divisional round games are we most excited for? Oh, the playoffs start back up again tomorrow. We're going to rank them next with our five-star games. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The NFL's best games as predicted by Ron Wolfley and Luke Lipinski, powered by FanDuel Sportsbook. Alright. Quickly before we get into the five-star games. I hear you. Yes, Michael Jordan is a pretty good basketball player. Yeah, <laughs> he is. Yeah, we forgot about Michael Jordan. But I, I guess I kind of, I, I was thinking you were saying like a guy more like a walk-on that played that they had, I don't know. Yes, Michael Jordan would beat Matt Ishbia one-on-one. I'm not afraid to say that. No, it's just so weird because I thought he was the head of a ownership group. Yeah. You know, the largest portion of the ownership group. I thought he was. I knew he was involved in ownership. I didn't know he was the owner. I thought so. We'll go Michael Jordan won. And I think that changed. I think it was 2019. I think it changed. Matt Ishbia's second. So still, if you had a tournament of like the 30 owners around the NBA, I feel like Ishbia would make the final four for sure. Not a lot of guys that have played a game at at a high level that actually owned a team the way Matt Ishbia does. So let's get into the end. NFL playoffs here. They will start up tomorrow. We got two games tomorrow. We got two games on Sunday. We figured, okay, five star games. Well, Wolf, what do you always say about playoff games? They're all five star games. They are. They're all five star games. But now you got to rank them, do you not? Well, they are all five star games except that Tampa Bay Dallas game. But yes, you're right. All five star games. So let's go one through four in reverse order, though. Let's go four through one here um, for this weekend. All right. What do you got as your uh, as your number four game okay. this weekend? And number four. Let's start. Um, okay, ladies and gentlemen, this one's kind of easy, is it not? Jacksonville at Kansas City. 
Number four, Jacksonville at Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes versus that Jacksonville pass defense, which, oh, by the way, happened to be in the bottom third in every major pass category there was for a defense in 2022. I think it's going to be uh, the worst game of the divisional round playoff weekend. Jacksonville, Kansas City, number four. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that. What do you think, though, as far as Jacksonville's chances in that game? I mean, we're all taking Kansas City, right? There's no doubt there. Kansas City should roll. Kansas City probably should win the Super Bowl. But is there a chance Jacksonville is just oh, in yeah, that sort of like, hey, you know, Trevor Lawrence just threw four interceptions. We were negative five turnover differential, and we won anyway. They probably feel a little, they have a little bit of that like invincible slash they don't know any better yet going on. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. I just think reality is going to hit them in the face. But could they? Can they? Do they have a chance? Of course they do. It's competition. It's out on the the field, in between the white lines. Yeah, they got a chance big time. There's Doug Peterson talking about preparing for Kansas City. You know, listen, when you're when you're playing, you, you got to play discipline football. Number one, um, you're playing a well coached team. They're a disciplined football team. Uh, we have to be prepared for them too, as they've had a couple of weeks now to really maybe come up with some wrinkles of their own, right? And then that's that's Coach Reed, and uh, he'll have he'll have some uh, some wrinkles up his sleeve, I know. But for us, it's just a matter of just staying disciplined and, and trusting what we're doing, and just understand your role within your game plan, right? And and, and just uh, execute each play one at a time. You know, offensively, uh, we just can't give it away like we've been doing in order to to win these games, especially now where we're at. Kansas City is the biggest uh, favorite of the weekend, according to FanDuel. And uh, and they've already played Jacksonville once this season. They beat them 27-17 at home in, uh, on November 13th. Look, for Jacksonville to have a chance, they obviously can't do what they did last week. I, I Actually, I think they need to jump out on Kansas City early because your, your one potential advantage is maybe Kansas City didn't play last week. They really, you know, they... I guess they had something to play for in the last week, but it, that, even that was kind of muddled up with everything as far yeah. as home field. They, um, Your best chance is to maybe hope that they're a little bit rusty early in the game, but uh, I don't see Patrick Mahomes losing, especially after the way last year ended for him in the playoffs. So number four, Jacksonville, Kansas City, you feel the same way. Yes. Now, I need clarification as we're doing this. Are we okay. saying the, 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 the best games, just record teams, talent, or are we saying what we're most interested to watch this weekend? Yeah, no, I, I'm saying what are the best five-star games? Okay. Because they're all five-star games, as we know, all right, well, in the postseason. Especially in the divisional round. This is the best weekend. This is it. I'm with you. This is the best weekend. This is it. I love this right here. When there's eight teams left, Basin audience, when there's eight teams, four games, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. What a beautiful thing it is. Number three. Can Somebody give me the number three. Do we have the number three right here? I don't That sounded creepy. Hey, right that's, well, you gave me a look like, give me a creepy that's number three. the voice three. you use when you stand in somebody's home. Number three. Three. <laughs> no, I play that sounder. <laughs> okay, number three. Wait, I get right to go there. first this time. You oh, went first, okay, number yeah, four. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Uh, Giants-Eagles. But... I do, I do think the Giants could potentially. I, I mean, the, the. I'll be honest. 
came out of the last weekend. Maybe I was I was drinking the Kool-Aid on the Giants a little too much. I was like, oh, the Giants are going to beat the Eagles. I'm going to stick to it because I said it. But as this week goes on, common sense is starting to sink in of like, <laughs> you know, the Eagles could win this game by 26. I think they already did that once against the Giants this year. Okay, give me the number three right now. Number three. Go ahead and fire it off. Number three. Three. You had it ready to go for Luke, but you didn't have it. Okay. Dallas, San Francisco. What? Yes. That's the third best game. you got to be kidding oh, me. Unbelievable. Listen, I, I think San Francisco is going to roll. That's what I think. I could be dead wrong. Can Dallas, number two in sacks per attempt, the Dallas Cowboys, Micah Parsons. Look, everybody, it's Micah Parsons. Number two in the National Football League in getting to the quarterback per attempt. Can he get to, can they get to Brock Purdy? San Francisco's protection, for the most part, number 11. Not bad. Anytime you're near the top third in the league in a category, that's not bad. Number 11 in sacks per attempt allowed. San Francisco's protection. Can they protect Brock Purdy before the Dallas Cowboys get to him? And end it all. The Cinderella story. Tears in his eyes. Cinderella story. You've seen the Tony Romo commercial where he does that? <laughs> but we all know what movie it was. Oh, from, it's, it's a Caddyshack. It's a Thank classic. You. Yeah. Appreciate it. You know it's a classic if we've both seen it. The two of us have both seen the same movie. It's a classic. <laughs> so I guess what I'm saying, that to me, I think... I think San Francisco is going to be able to do it. I think they're going to roll Dallas. Well, I will say this. One, if San Francisco rolls Dallas, that makes it the number one game for me because I will enjoy watching Dallas get rolled out of the playoffs. But two... Just the simple fact that you have Micah Parsons going up against a rookie quarterback, I think I think you got to give Dallas a little bit more of a chance than you are giving them. But uh, at number three, I was wrestling wow. with having that as number one. Yeah, I'm just thinking of Dak Prescott and that awesome pass rush for the 49ers. Oh, they should destroy them. Oh, yeah, they really should. Scary is on the wall. All right, do you need number two? Number two, I, I have Dallas-San Francisco, and I wrestled with it. I wanted to make it number one, but I knew I'd be laughed out of the city if I if I put it number one. Like I said, if Dallas runs or if San Francisco runs Dallas out of the playoffs, I'm going to enjoy that. When Dallas gets eliminated, it's always highly entertaining, like last year yeah. when they killed the clock on themselves while trailing yeah. a game. Now, listen, I could be kicked in the face just dead wrong on this, based on audience, but my number two? Uh-oh. Number two. <laughs> Question I didn't even have to ask for it. That was awesome. Effects. I got to go New York Giants, Philadelphia Eagles. I, I'm sorry. I know everyone thinks this is going to be a runaway. I don't think so. By the pricking of my thumb, something wicked this way comes. Saquon Barkley. Against that, listen. If, if this, if the Giants get down two possessions in this game, run, <laughs> everybody, run, because it's over at that point in time. Because that pass rush of the Eagles will get to Daniel Jones and get home if they've got to throw the ball and they become one-dimensional in any way. But running the ball, 
Man, I think Saquon Barkley can gash the Philadelphia Eagles front. We'll see what happens. But to me, this is going to be a better game than most people think. Well, Philadelphia beat Dallas or beat the Giants 48-22 back on December 11th and then 22-16 in week 18 of the season. But number one, numero uno. Unbelievable. I think it might be break time. Cincinnati Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, that's it. there's just no way to this 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 could be a Super Bowl matchup and it's happening this weekend. All of these other games to me have a team that can't win the Super Bowl. Buffalo Cincinnati has two teams that could win the Super Bowl. Remember the DeMar Hamlin game. Yeah. The last game of the season. In Cincinnati at that point, of course, now in Orchard Park. But to me, the quarterback that has the most intangibles in the league, Joe Burrow, versus the quarterback that has the most tangibles in the league, Josh Allen. Oh, I love that, man. And the two shall meet. Wow. I tell you, all season long, I kept thinking that Cincinnati's not going to the Super Bowl, but they were going to mess things up for either Buffalo or Kansas City in the playoffs. And... Here we go. They get Buffalo this week. I mean, would it shock you if Cincinnati won the game? It would not shock you. I and I know right you. now you're saying, oh, my goodness, how do you you say Josh Allen has the most tangibles in the league? Yeah, I do, because he actually is a better runner of the football than Patrick Mahomes. All right, that was five-star games heading into the second round of the NFL playoffs. When we come back, DeAndre Ayton was dominating last night. So what changed? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.